0: Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. What does it mean to wake up? Wake up from what? Wake up to what? What if everything you need and everything you want to be is already present right now. Would that change anything you're doing? Listen in to today's guest, sharing wisdom developed over a lifetime of spiritual work. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head over there to discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your personal style, your innovator style, so that you can open your flow and make everything in life easier. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every moment. My guest today is Don Goey, and I am really pleased to have him with us. He is the executive director of the Center for Spiritual Exchange, which is the official archive for the works of Anthony DeMello. Previously, Don directed a human performance firm that consulted with Fortune 100 companies to alleviate employee stress and elevate people's experience of work and life. He also managed the Department of Psychiatry at Stanford University Medical School and headed the Center for Attitudinal Healing, the institute founded by Gerald Jampolsky, which pioneered a psycho-spiritual approach to overcoming catastrophic life events. Don is the author of the Amazon bestseller, The End of Stress, Four Steps to Rewire Your Brain. Welcome, Don. I'm really pleased to have you here on Wisdom Talk Radio.
1: Well, thank you very much, Lori. I'm pleased to be here.
0: So you, just by reading your bio, by people hearing your bio, you've obviously had a long career in spirituality. That is, that is no doubt. <laughs> yes, it's been my career. It's been your career for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and now you're working with um, the DeMello Spirituality Center. So I want to ask two, two questions around that. Some of our listeners, listeners will not be familiar with Anthony DeMello. So if you could just say a moment of, of his bio, you know, if you will. I mean, why, why are you doing that? Why are you working with someone else's works? And, you know, what brought you? Here's the second part of the question is really what brought you to devote your career to this kind of work? Well,
1: in terms of who Anthony DeMello is... Um he was a Jesuit priest from India. Um, he he uh, was a native of India. Um, and he, uh, his contribution to spirituality is that he integrated East and West mm-hmm. in a profoundly important way. And his, uh, you know, he died, um, uh, back in 1987, when he was just in his 50s, it was a loss. But he, he had, he had, he's since then has had an enormous influence on uh, spirituality as we know it, psycho spirituality. Uh, Eckhart Tolle was uh, has been influenced by him. and I think Anthony Mel, who has had such a strong influence all these years, because his message hits the bullseye. You know, he mm-hmm. experienced an inner awakening that he said revolutionized his life. And he was able to communicate this awakening, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in a way that really feels true, sounds true, rings true in most people, mm-hmm. um, which, which makes people trust them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read the comments at, uh, Amazon, uh, for people, I think there's a, a couple of thousand of them, they all pretty much say the same thing: is that he clear? You know, he, he in such a simple way he clears up so much of my confusion. So because he communicates in a concise and clear way, mm-hmm. that's easy for people to understand. He makes you laugh at yourself in a good way. Uh, he he sees the comic joke we're all playing on ourselves, and and yet he's still compassionate about about our suffering. He doesn't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he was just able to translate his own awakening in ways that you can begin to see your own. And then in terms of um, me, mm-hmm. how I came into this field, um, I, I came into it the hard way.
0: Um, <laughs> what does that mean?
1: <laughs> well, years ago, I experienced what you might call a perfect storm of stress. Mm-hmm. I lost that executive level position at Stanford University Medical School that you know I devoted a decade climbing the career mm-hmm. ladder to reach I was very upwardly mobile in those days very ambitious and uh, but the chairman of the department of medicine and I kept banging heads and I I was a young Turk in those days and he <laughs> had enough and I had enough of him and uh, we parted ways he fired me mm. and um I was married at at the time, I had four kids, I had a mortgage, Uh, you know, being out of work, being separated from that salary was was an enormous crisis. And then nine days after getting fired, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor that the doctors warned was gonna leave me seriously disabled and uh, potentially unable to ever work again from the collateral damage the surgery might cause. And, um, you know, I had to wait six weeks for the surgery. And the first two weeks were just emotionally painful. I was terrified. You know, every night I'd wake up like it's three in the morning, stare out the window into the cold, dark night. Terrified by what was going to happen to me and to my family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, adding to that was this terrible feeling of self condemnation that I'd failed, that I failed Mm -hmm. in my career, I failed myself. And worst of all, I failed to provide for my family. Um, And then, you know, about two weeks into uh, these horrible dark nights of the soul, um, I reached a point where I asked myself, which was worse, you know, the dire problems, mm-hmm. the medical people predicted that might happen to me in the future, or the abject fear that was happening in me every day, all day long, the last two weeks. And right. the the answer was obvious, mm-hmm. it was kind of a no brainer, you know, the fear was worse, Yeah, the bone chilling yeah. fear I experienced, you know, it was consuming me, it was depleting the strength, I knew I needed to get through this crisis, which scared me even more, of course. So for the next half hour, I used a process that I'd learned um, from a famous American psychologist, one, in fact, that Anthony DeMello um, uses, although Anthony hadn't been published at this point. This was back in the 80s. Um, And... um, but I, you know, I knew this this approach, um, but I'd I never really used it very much, just enough to be familiar with it. And now, you know, it was sort of like Uncle. I'll use it. I'll use it. I'll try anything.
0: <laughs> and because um, the stress levels that you must have been experiencing were, you said it was a perfect storm of everything, but this was like, this was something you could at least address.
1: Yes. This is one, one thing that, you know, when um, it's like Viktor Frankl said, you know, he, he, he was in, in Auschwitz for, for four years. And he, one of the statements he made was that when you find that, you know, this goes for the, for the epidemic we're in. He says when you find yourself in a set of circumstances you don't control, that you can't change then the challenge becomes to change yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what this process that I was finally willing to step into did. You know, I and what it involved, um, and this is very pertinent to Anthony DeMello, mm-hmm. it, it involves letting yourself experience the painful mental negativity that you're in, um, to to let it up. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can, you know, when, when something painful comes up like fear um, and, it, and when it's intense, we want to push it away. Mm-hmm. We want to turn it into something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, it, 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 we push it out the front door and here it comes right back around through the back door and it smacks us in the back of the head. And so uh, I had been doing that. And so the, the first step was allow it, embrace it, let it come up, feel it. Feel what it is. What is there? Mm-hmm. Notice the thoughts that are producing it. Um, the 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 emotional intensity that your thoughts are producing. Like for me, it was I'm doomed, and then uh, this huge burst of uh, of fear would come up. And you know, I thought, well, I'll do this process, and it'll take care. It'll take care of it. I was actually starting out to use this process to get rid of the fear I was in, which is not embracing it at right. all. Same,
0: same circle, same, same vicious cycle. Exactly. Yeah. And so,
1: but my fear was strong enough that as soon as I let it up, it overwhelmed me. And um, I was worried, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know it was going to be this intense, mm-hmm. but it was. And I was underestimating my capacity to, to write it to write it out. You know, my grandson's, uh, he, he grew up in in Hawaii and he's a surfer and he talks about uh, when you catch a big wave and you pull yourself up on the board and you're, Coming in, he said, "There's no turning back anymore. You know, you, you, you're either going to go yes. to the depths, to the bottom of the wave, or you're going to ride it all the way into shore." Yeah, and that's exactly the way I felt. I felt like there, there was no, there was no calling this off. Yeah, it, and there's no had,
0: such thing as stasis. So, you know, really, you had to move. Exactly,
1: and so I just embraced it. I just went with the, the horrifying wave. Um, part, the second part of the process is to remind yourself, to, to point out to yourself, this emotional energy, if this is in me, not necessarily in reality. Mm-hmm. You know, reality is neutral. You know, I mean, it's, for some people, it may be hard to, to see a brain tumor as neutral, but it, it's what is. It's what is <laughs> happening. The fear, the reaction you know, the feeling of doom um, and frustration, that's internal. That, that's my, the relationship I'm forming with it. And so you remind yourself of that. This, this reaction I'm having, this negativity I'm feeling, this suffering I'm under is in me, not necessarily in reality. And re- you really try to get that. You really try to own that. Mm-hmm. And I did. I managed to do that. And then the third step is to remind yourself, this will pass. Everything Mm -hmm. passes, especially emotions. You know, everything passes. You know, dark clouds cover the sun and they pass. Mm -hmm. Same with the fear. And lo and behold, I don't know how long, you know, one of the things about fear is when you're in it, it feels like eternity. It's hard to say, how long did that last? And I, forever, (laughs) like it was never gonna end. And um, it passed. And suddenly, I was suddenly, maybe it's too strong a word, gradually, kind of quick, gradual process of calming down. Yeah. My brain calmed down first. My heart stopped beating so fast. I got quiet inside. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this terror left me. And I was free. And it was a startling revelation for me that in, within myself, there it, it, when I arrive here the here and now, this present moment mm-hmm. in a quiet way, freedom is always present. Mm-hmm. Peace is always present yeah. so though over the next hour or so, the fear would come up and I would process it. I got better and better at it. and uh, I knew that that I'd made a shift um, that I could call upon mm-hmm. because when I look back out that, window you know out into the cold dark night that looked like you know a black hole about to suck me in i saw something entirely different i saw the moonlight shining shimmering you know on the on the oak tree in front of our house and, and it, it, the night felt sacred yes. you know i went from it being a black hole to to it being a sacred moment so i made up my mind right then and there that I was going to use this process of letting go of fear in this very simple way, following these steps, as I faced whatever I had to face that day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I actually, you know, I had fears, but I, I didn't get caught in them. I didn't get trapped That's in them. And I actually, when I showed up for, to the hospital for surgery, mm-hmm. I, I, was, um, I was in a state of uh, uh, bliss. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was I was surprised by it, but I I wasn't afraid. Yes, and yes. Um, I just you stayed went underneath
0: just, all of that into that deep quiet place. Yes,
1: and <laughs> the surgery was a complete success. In fact, they presented my case at Stanford Grand Rounds, um, <laughs> and I even I even got my job back at the medical school. Someone in the Department of Psychiatry had heard about this guy that was facing these dire circumstances <laughs> with this wonderful attitude, and um, he called me over and he said, "He said, I, I, I need a chief operating officer, and my department needs somebody with an attitude like yours. Wow. So, I got my job back.
0: Wow, that—that's the piece I didn't expect to hear. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it either.
1: It, it really felt like a miracle. And I, I did. I worked in psychiatry for a few years, and mm-hmm. then you know, the, this something had awakened in me yeah. as a result of what I'd gone through. You know, this thing that started out to be a curse was turned out to be this enormous blessing. Mm -hmm. And I left uh, Stanford and I joined the Center for Attitudinal Healings founded by Jerry Jampolsky. You know, he wrote love is letting go of fear. Mm -hmm. And Jerry is a psychiatrist. He he founded a school of psychology based on attitude. And we Mm -hmm. worked in some of the most stressful situations any human being faces. We were in the middle of the AIDS epidemic when it was raging in the San Francisco Bay Area. We worked with death and dying people facing life-threatening illness, parents who had lost children. One of the hardest thing a human being goes through. Uh, the worked in prisons and and the U.S. State Department during the Clinton administration sent us to Croatia and Bosnia during that genocidal war, and we worked with people in the in the refugee camps. Mm-hmm. And I watched through that. Um, experience at the Center for Attitude and Healing, and I've seen through my experience at uh, with the, the Medal of Spirituality Center, I've seen people make extraordinary people make extraordinary shifts in their consciousness uh, when faced with with dire circumstances. We, we are enormously our, our, our spirit, the spirit in our heart, mm-hmm. it, it, It's enormously resilient. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people used to say when I worked at the center, what a depressing place to work. I said, quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Quite the opposite. What a joyful place to work where people are loving each other. People are waking up. People are finding tools to move through some of the most challenging things that a
0: human being faces. Yeah. And I'm hearing a through line through all of that, um, Don, that... That it really it, are, it, it really is those kinds of circumstances when we are faced with something that we never expected, that um, it throws us you know out the window maybe, um, that calls into question everything that we might have thought about, everything that we might have believed about ourselves or about life, so that we come that we we're pushed to expand. It's kind of like that uh, cosmic two by four that maybe we would never have looked beyond unless this happened. And we could say, well, no, I'm willing, I'm willing. But we also know how we get caught into our everyday life.
1: Yes, that beautifully stated. And this book, Stop Fixing Yourself, there's a chapter in it or a section in it that talks about suffering in exactly that way. Mm-hmm. Is that so, our, our, as we embrace our suffering, we find in it the, its power to transform us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. That oftentimes, you know, we human beings uh, don't move until, you know, we're life has us in a grip, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he writes beautifully about that. But, you know, it's, it's exactly what I was saying is that what I thought at first was a curse that had f- curse With a long shadow that fell on me Turned out to be a blessing That brought enormous light into my life Yeah,
0: and it's so hard for us to see Well, I think it's impossible to see When we're in the middle of it That perspective that I sometimes will um, Will try and go to Like, well, how's God seeing this? You know, what What vision If I, if I go above the situation that I'm in What do I see? You know, how could this, if I look at it in from a longer perspective, what could this possibly be offering to me? And we all have those situations. We all have those situations and we we may not be suffering with them, but I love the, what you talk about and what certainly DeMello talks about, about you don't need to be fixed. And that the, the pathway of trying to fix yourself perpetuates being stuck in it whatever the it is, does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. And you know, the, um, uh, you don't have to get a brain tumor or have a, you know, life crash through the top of your roof and <laughs> to, <laughs> to wake up. You know, one of the telling things about uh, the suffering in the world is that it, it's hard to find a completely happy person it turns out it's it's only 4% of the population hmm. or say they're completely happy, where they start the day happy, they are able to maintain that attitude, and they go to sleep happy. And The irony is we're born happy. It's like you were talking about at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. We're born happy, we were born free, but we've become trapped in limited thinking, our own limited thinking. We're born with an open open heart that stress and fear so easily close mm-hmm. we're born gifted beings of an immeasurable worth and value and we often go around feeling like we're not good enough feeling mm-hmm. shame and there's this, there's also this divinity of joy within us and surrounding us um there to to make life meaningful and beautiful and rich but we've become blocked from seeing it, it's almost as if uh, we've been hypnotized to see what's not there, and not see what is there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and how that happens is the way in which we've been socialized. Society programs this happiness, this freedom, this sense of freedom, this this uh, re- uh, this our relationship with all that is. It programs it out of us, stamping into us the false belief that happiness and self-worth are found out there in the world. We achieve it. We attain it from the world. Um, And if we work long and hard, you know, success will come. And out of that, happiness and dignity will follow. And, mm-hmm. you know, I swallowed that formula
0: right up into course, my brain. Course, and, Humor. and just to follow that, if you're believing that, and gosh, we all believe that at some, some level or have believed that, then when your job gets taken away from you, and if that's your way of being successful, being approved of, being seen, being therefore being happy, then of course you can't be happy. You know, I mean, there's a logical way that that follows it with from that initial belief system of looking outside oneself.
1: Yes. And, you know, it it, you know, six, even when success comes Mm -hmm. what people, uh, what people feel frustrated by is it comes without a feeling of fulfillment right you know midlife midlife crisis really is people who've had some degree of dis- success maybe not the degree to which they wanted but satisfactory level or maybe mm-hmm. they have enormous success i've coached uh millionaires mm-hmm. um but they the the midlife crisis is is where's the fulfillment right. you know that's that's you you're, you succeed at, at you know society you you succeed at your own personal economics and you're failing at living yeah um yeah. i've coached people who haven't felt happiness or peace in so long they actually wonder if it actually exists if it's if not some invention psychologist mm-hmm. makes to you know generate
0: business or something absolutely i've been in the same position with with my clients yeah and and it's when we go back inside and start to connect with that place of, of unlimited joy and stop looking outside, that sounds like the, the shift that you're talking about and that DeMello was talking about, about um, stop fixing yourself.
1: Yeah. And what, what DeMello is talking about exactly that he's talking about waking up to the realization that contrary to what society has taught you, Mm -hmm. nothing but absolutely nothing of the world can, can make you happy. Mm -hmm. Success is not to say that success is unimportant. um, But success is not the same as fulfillment. Fulfillment doesn't come from the world. Happiness doesn't come from the world, not the radiant happiness of a child. That's constant. That makes you smile for no reason. Mm -hmm. Happiness Mm -hmm. comes from within, as you were just saying. And the truth is there's not a single moment in our life when we don't have everything we need to be happy, and the only reason we're ever unhappy is because we're focusing on what we don't have, rather than on what we have right here, yeah. right now. That's you know funny. what Damela would tell us is that the the, um, the origin of our suffering, the origin of our unhappiness, is our attachments.
0: I'm laughing only because um, I'm going to be teaching something called lighten your grip. And it is all around radical non-attachment. Because when we get attached to something, a way of being, a way of doing something, we lose out on the possibility of not only of that joy, not only on that feeling of, of ease in oneself, but the general flow of life. And of the new possibilities, because we can't be creative, we can't have in, uh, innovation without being able to let go, to lighten our grip. Right,
1: and you know what's what. Uh, Demello is pointing to for all of us mm-hmm. is that uh, what this means that you know you're happy already, uh, you you just don't see it. You're free already. Mm-hmm. You just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, what it means is you're not broken. You're not some problem to be resolved. You're, you're okay. And if there is a problem, it's the way you were programmed mm-hmm. to believe that without something or person or result, we can't be happy. And it's a false belief. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't acquire or earn happiness or peace, we have it already. Mm -hmm. We need to, that's what waking up means. We're waking up to what we have already. You drop that false belief and the struggle with the world drops and peace arises all by itself. You know, I, I invite people sometimes to just, you know, this whole idea that you're, the reason you're unhappy, you're focusing on what you don't have mm-hmm. and when you you're, you're, the way in which you recover happiness is when you shift to focusing on what you do have and I invite people to notice the enormous change in their inner experience mm-hmm. when they make that shift mm-hmm. when they stop for a moment in the middle of complaining or the middle of feeling lack uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and they open up to what what is actually what what's blessing me right now yeah. you know people that uh, who have lost jobs, coached People who've, who've lost jobs, facing home foreclosure, and um, desperate, suffering a great deal. And they made the shift at simply saying, "I got a roof over my head and over the head of my kids right now." I mm-hmm. I experienced that. You know, that there's enough food in
0: the refrigerator for dinner right. tonight. Right. You know, don't, don't go is- down the road to what you think is going to happen.
1: And that it's an enormous shift. Suddenly, you're you're in a whole new world. Mm -hmm. And that new world you're in is you're in your true nature. So um, the belief that happiness is waiting for us in the future, it keeps us out of the present moment. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, there's always the freedom to be at peace with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And in that stillness, the joy within us comes alive. It dissolves the stress and negativity we're holding, and you know we've all felt those wondrous moments they come and go mm-hmm. but stop fixing yourself what de Mello's saying in this book is uh, about coming into contact with a joy that comes and stays and stays with you yeah um, and and if it leaves, gives you a way of of coming back into it mm-hmm. in a natural way.
0: What you do know? you mean by that I'm-
1: yeah. Well, a simple process, so everything, everything passes, e- even when we're in a state of joy. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly we can open up, some people open up all the way, but for most human beings, you know, we're going through life, we're doing what we need to do, trying to stay in touch with how we want to be as we do what we want to do, what we have to do. And so there's ups and downs in that. Mm-hmm. And if, if the recovery is to come back inside, you know the world is going ups and downs you know one one moment it, you know it gives you a success the next moment it gives you a failure. Mm-hmm. the one moment uh, you're being appreciated the next moment you're being criticized you know you're going and if your whole fault fo- you're looking to the outside world <laughs> for your happiness for the outside world for your dignity. Your, your
0: experience your itself. Your universal yo-yo is what one of my exactly. teachers used to say.
1: <laughs> and so that is actually can be seen as a blessing, that yo-yo. When you find yourself in that yo-yo, it's an, a wake-up call to turn around, to yeah. come back inside. Yeah. And then what, what DeMello offers is a, a, exactly the process that I was describing that shifted me during mm-hmm. that time of that brain tumor of, of get in touch with what you're feeling. You know, mm-hmm. we spent so much time pushing it away or trying to talk ourselves out of, you know, trying to turn it into something else. Mm-hmm. The Mello's prescription is embrace it, feel it, let yourself feel it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's a he says it's enough for you simply to be aware. It's enough for you to simply observe. Mm-hmm. And he, his prescription is stand back from it. Um, yeah. they, they have a thing in Zen buddhism called step back so you step back and you're watching your process your emotional reaction mm-hmm. as it almost as if you're watching another person yeah. and you're reminding yourself this reaction that that i'm aware of that i'm bringing my awareness to it's in me mm-hmm. it's in my programming it's not in reality reality is fine reality is just being reality <laughs> and then you know, you you remind yourself, you don't judge yourself or condemn yourself mm-hmm. for for the way you've been programmed. You don't even condemn society. You don't condemn anything. It's just non-judgmental awareness from this position of stepping back. And then you remind yourself everything passes. This will pass. And it's, it's quite a moment of awakening when suddenly you realize, hey, the fear's gone yeah or hey the my anger for for the rejection i just was perceiving mm-hmm. it's gone and now you're free mm-hmm. and now you're now you can relax into that moment be at peace with it mm-hmm. and the more you do that the more masterful you become, mm-hmm. so that when you know the when the usual uh, emotional experiences that have been tormenting you your whole life that that have to do with your past and your fear of the future when they come up, you you would you catch them mm-hmm. immediately. You become the them. witness.
0: Exactly, and then and you're free. Yeah. Now you're free. You and get we, we all say we want freedom but we're not taught how to do that. And so I want to, I want to ask you something and I don't know if it's something that you've thought about or worked on or the DeMello has, and, and that's about our kids um, and, and the educational system. We have been taught, you know, and especially coming out of the industrial model, we have been taught a, you know, a, a really a two dimensional way of, of seeing life. And we're taught as you've, so beautifully shared, how to focus on success, how to focus on the outside, letting that be the model for uh, whether you're worthy or not. So what could we do differently? What kinds of teachings, programs, something could we bring to the younger generation? You
1: you know, back in the 60s, I forget the Man's name. Anyway, he started a school in um, England. It was called um, Summerhill. Right, right. And he, he approached uh, teaching f- uh, by giving the, the children a maximum amount of freedom mm-hmm. to follow, to develop their intuition, to follow their intuition uh, wherever it took. And he, uh, the children that came to that school were children having problems mm-hmm. you know adjusting to to the outside world and um, they they had incredible breakthroughs and I think I think that project uh, summerhill uh, is really something that we should implement but you know society's stubborn it holds <laughs> to its belief system I mean the very fact that um, your happiness will come from you your' Productivity within this economy uh, is a way of controlling us. Mm-hmm. It's a way of directing us and pushing us uh, to meet, you know, to make <laughs> to make other people rich, mm-hmm. to make um, to make success matter more than happiness. And again, it's not it's not a, a matter of um, of having no ambitions at all. It's, it's a question of taking all of that negativity and suffering mm-hmm. out of the equation, understanding the very nature of what you are, living from it. Mm-hmm. You know, We human beings, we have the capacity to, to do two things at the, at the same time. We have a capacity to focus on what we have to do and at the same time focus on how we wanna be as we go about doing what we do. And out of that, Fulfillment comes yes. and now we're enjoying uh, our work. You know, we, we're not thinking about moving to another job. Mm-hmm. We're enjoying the people in our lives. We're not thinking about leaving the relationships we're in or leaving the neighborhoods to get into a better neighborhood. We're not chasing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not seekers as well, much anymore. We're yeah. Fighting. We're
0: not seeking something outside. Right. I work a lot with. The process of finding that, that drops. Of yes. outside When we find something inside. Exactly. We exactly. find it's in here. And what I found in, in decades, really, of working with people around connecting with themselves, that uh, they start receiving a bigger vision, a bigger picture, maybe even a, you know, a bigger sense of purpose about what it is they're here to do. And it's, it's not from that place of doing, it's more from that place of, I've, you know, I have been given this project to do, and now let me see how I can dance with it so that I stay connected with myself and not go right back into that old way of being that um, is going to make me unhappy and it's not going to let that fluidity be there with this great idea that I've had.
1: That's Right. That's right. And, uh, that goes for your suffering too.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: here to your suffering, whatever is causing you to suffer, whatever is generating fear in you mm-hmm. is here to, 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 as a teacher.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: but it can't, teach you anything if you don't embrace it and so you know very fundamentally and uh, every psychotherapist will tell you his first step get in touch with your feelings mm-hmm. don't push them away um, eventually what will happen is that um you'll be confronting a big fear whatever it might be and um you're processing it in the way that we've been talking about. You're embracing it. You're reminding yourself it's in me, not in reality. You're not judging yourself for it. Um, you're opening up to it more and more. You're reminding yourself this too will pass. It's, it's not like it's, like it's going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And when it passes, it delivers you to, to this holy place Yes. inside yourself. And from that step back place of observing all of this n- negativity, all of this um, upsetting reactivity that just happens uh, automatically within you, as you step back and look, look from it, one of the first realizations you will get is that's not me. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that has actually nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm he- this. I'm this. Yes, I'm this pure awareness that's free and alive and seems to be naturally happy and at peace. And this, all of this down there, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Some of it may be lessons I need to learn. And as I embrace it, Mm -hmm. it... It will drop and some of it may not drop because there's more there's more lessons yes. behind it yeah. and, and and as you relate to that okay bring on the lessons you be these things that used to uh, be a tyranny to you mm-hmm. used to be a nightmare. For you to actually become your friend. So that, you know, like I've been doing this long enough that now when I bump into something that frightens me, mm-hmm. my, my first re- response is, oh no. And my second response is, ah, this, I'm going to learn something. Yeah. This is a, How do we learn otherwise? Excited about. Yeah. I love that. What a dif- what
0: a, that's a qualitative change mm-hmm. in your experience of life. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And it's an embodied change. Exactly.
1: Because and it grows experience it. Mm-hmm. And it. And it grows in your sense of freedom. Yeah. It grows in your, your capacity to um, to be present, you know, to be quiet inside. Mm-hmm. You begin to, you get glimpses of those those experiences. Those are spiritual experiences. And the more glimpses you get, the more you want it. So now, you know, you realize I can't afford not to process this anxiety that I am in, Mm -hmm. this depression I am simply by my willingness to feel what I feel and observe what's going on inside of me. You know, DeMello said, uh, you know, the theme of this book, Stop Fixing Yourself, um, came from uh, DeMello. Uh, Saying in one of his other books that people would ask him all the time, what do I need to do to change? (laughs) And DeMello would say, I got a big surprise for you. He'd say, you don't have to do anything. Right. He said, the problem with most people is that they're so busy trying to fix things in themselves and in other people, Mm -hmm. uh, they're working on things that they haven't quite understood. Mm -hmm. And it just makes more of a mess. So he says, again, it's enough for you to simply be watchful and awake. Mm -hmm. And through the simple process of awareness, all that is false and your neurotic within you will gradually drop. And, you know, we're not talking like years and years. In a few short weeks, people Mm -hmm. I've worked with with this process in a few short weeks, the quality of their experience begins to change. They respond to life differently. They're, they're much more alive. Yes, uh, Their eyes are reopened to the truth that people everywhere are searching for. Namely, you know, that fountainhead of peace and joy that we're talking about here that hides, that seems to hide in our human heart. <laughs> And the way to it is going through that programming that has us constantly seeking outside of ourselves.
0: Yes. Uh, Don, thank you for that. And and thank you for all of the the pieces of what you have been sharing, the pieces that really come together in such a beautiful, beautiful whole. As we're coming to a close, um, can you say something about the... um, the Stop Fixing Yourself book. And I know that you're offering to our listeners uh, a free offer when they buy the book.
1: Sure. Um, the Stop Fixing Yourself book. It, it's, it's, um, I love the way it's been organized. It has a, uh, DeMello's teaching, you know, uh, it's written in a way, it's talking directly to you. Those are followed by each, each section is followed by a story that relates to that section. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a meditation that goes. That also relates to that section. So it's it's a lovely. It, it walks you through a really lovely process mm-hmm. of of waking you up. Um, I was reading in um, at Amazon some of the comments that people were making, and it you know it's it's that feeling of it. It's cleared up so much that was co- conf- uh, a confusion mm-hmm. inside of mm-hmm. me. So it's doing that, and then the um, if you go to if you type into your browser, stopfixingyourself.com, all one word, stopfixingyourself.com, uh, you'll go to a page and you can choose a vendor that you can go by the, where you can go buy the book. It's, you know, in an ebook as well as in a hard, hardbound bound book. And, uh, it's on sale right now, actually. And along with that, uh, the, the DeMello spirituality center is, will give you a gift. And that gift is a six part, uh, workshop that anthony de himself conducted at fordham university back in 1986 and
0: it's it's a wonderful companion to the book wow that's great that's great and i will make sure that that goes into our show notes thank you so thank you again don Goey for for gracing us with your wisdom i really oh, thank you it. thank you for what you're doing laurie mm, thank you And to our listeners, thanks for being with us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here, as I say each time regularly, for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. And if you've enjoyed listening, please leave us a review. Leaving us a review really does help other people discover more of this wisdom and, in doing so, to transform the world. And really, that's what we're about. For more about fast-tracking your ideas to creation and to revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. Take the Creative Innovator Quiz and find out your personal style so that you can turn your ideas into reality easily, flow in flow, and with the connection with yourself that you most want to have thanks for joining us here at wisdom talk radio we wish you well in your conscious explorations for more information and to join in the conversation our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at wisdom talk radio on facebook